I always think like if if in our society when we want to punish someone, we send them to something called prison, which is a limited time stay. There's like people can stay in a prison for six hours or you can stay there for two years, right? So like it's really, I always think offices are the prison of the mind. You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. So hi, and welcome to another edition of Payments Innovation. I'm your host, Richard Arundel, and I'm delighted to be joined by Shahin Boydas. Shahin, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. Like it's a, it's and, a great podcast. Like it's like I learn a lot uh, listening from all the thought leaders in this space. How we can innovate the payments and the banking. It's it's pretty cool that what you are doing, and I think it's one of the best. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And and this is coming from a podcast. You know, I've just been learning. This is a podcast veteran, <laughs> and you know, this this is like the king of social media. And I would have I would have kind of got my hair cut and kind of done my makeup properly. You've got what two hundred thousand Instagram followers, a huge YouTube channel, and I never knew this about you. So that's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm also a serial founder. So I had multiple companies, and this is my sort of fintech company. And then I actually realized in fintech, you can really innovate when you partner with people. Like you can innovate way faster than trying to build things by yourself. Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. So- so let's dig into that a little bit. So we're, we're, we're going to talk about your, your latest venture, um, Remote Team. But as you said, you, you are a, a serial kind of founder, serial entrepreneur, and in multiple fields. So, you know, looking through your bio, you've done, now you're working on kind of the, the HR and payroll space, but you've, you've been in augmented reality. Yes. You've been in high quality sticker marketplaces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah. some of these were some, some quite funky names. So what you had, Moji Lala. Yeah, you then had Leo, and yeah. then I think you you gave up on the um, on the funky names, and you kind of ended up with let's let's name it what it does on the tin with with remote team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So maybe let, let's talk about kind of your journey, I guess, um, as a, as a serial founder, serial entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, what got you into it? You know, is is it just something that's that's burning inside inside you that wanted to do this you know, from from day one? So the cool thing is, I'm a fourth generation entrepreneur. It's in my blood. Like I never worked anywhere in my life. I started to make money when I was 12 years old. I started to code when I was like seven, six years old. So I was lucky enough to be a maker and a coder and software developer all of my life. And I wasn't a great student. I didn't like history class. I didn't like art classes. I didn't like any of the classes that I was in. So I was constantly coding trying to build games, trying to build websites, trying to build. And so teacher's nightmare, really, is what you want. Exactly, exactly. And I always believe that even I went to the best schools in my country, I was born in Boston and we moved back to Istanbul uh, and I lived there for 20 years and moved back to U.S. 10 years ago. I was always believing the self-taught. Like, and I was a perfect manifestation of it that I learned nearly everything by myself. And every industry I entered, and my first company was e-commerce, 
My second company was accounting. My third company was a mobile phone for kids, then e-commerce. And then I moved to Silicon Valley. And in Silicon Valley, I built a company called Movie Lala. It was like more like a CRM movie marketing technology uh, for big movie studios. And we work with unbelievable amount of uh, studios and movies like Terminator, like Mission Impossible, and we build a video player technology. And my, I had investors like Mark Benioff of Salesforce. Like I had crazy investors like president of HBO, ex-CFO of Disney. But then I realized after four years, like Silicon Valley is not, it's entertainment is not the butter and bread of Silicon Valley. It's more, I realized, but in Silicon Valley, I was focused on mobile apps, and app development kind of startups, more like entertainment. And then I built another company because in Movie Lola, we work with a lot of partnerships in Tango app. With movie studios, I see there's virtual communication that is happening, which people will communicate with emojis, stickers, and express themselves with videos, right? And then we built this biggest sticker marketplace on the planet Earth, uh, off-the-line stickers, and then we sold our first company to Gificat, and Gificat sold it to a huge IPO company, but they didn't make the public yet. They didn't make the announcement yet. And then in my second company, Mojlala, this is very funny, we got investment from Giphy and a lot of more investors as well. And Giphy, Facebook bought Giphy. So Facebook has become, become our investor and shareholder in our cap table in a weird way. And then I had... I, I, we patented a very weird, interesting technology that will move us to the augmented reality, which is when you take a video or a photo, we smartly detect what we have in the photo, which everyone does. And then we start to suggest cool things that you can put on the photo. Like if you are taking a photo of a bird, so if you are taking a photo of your forest, like we show birds. If you are in the beach with your kids, if they are running around, we can put a whale on the sky or whale or shark jumping on the ocean. And then we pat, like we apply for a patent and then we move to the 3D world. And last summer, actually, actually one year ago, nearly, I was in Costa Rica uh, and I went to Costa Rica a lot, nearly every two year or every other year, sometimes two years, uh, two times a year. And I had a very good ceremony and I sort of saw the world like the way we are living today, like fully remote, empty cities. Cities are more like a Das X Machinama kind of world, like mm. it's corrupt, like closed or Hunger Games society, they call it. And then I always had remote teams all of my life. So all these companies are mostly remote. And I remember very clearly telling super smart investors eight years ago in Silicon Valley, I had a remote team, like managing this team and we are building great things all together. They always say, no, 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 don't get a remote team. You need an office. You need to hire local people. You're going to get acquired because of your local talent, remote remote work will not work. So, but, you know, I was sitting last summer in Stanford Stardex Accelerator. There was like 20 founders and nearly all of them had a remote team. And I said, oh my God. And I was operating remote team because we were also very engineer focused. I was doing all the payments. 
I was doing all the hiring. I was doing contractor payments. I was doing the PEOs in other countries. So I had a, like maybe 10 years of experience running remote teams earlier than nearly everyone. Uh, and I think I see this trend all the time as well. Like a founder who is international coming to Silicon Valley, and most companies are like that right now, then they tend to hire people in their country. So now what they're going to do, they have to figure out a way to wire transfer this money. They use banks, they use transfer wise, they, there was no tools to do that. And I said, man, and we've actually started to build a tool internally for internal use because I was so tired of Excel and transfer wise and the bank wires. So I said, like, we need to automatize this and make it very seamless, like a US payroll. And then this is how I started it. And there's a few people in, in your space because like you said, so this isn't a new thing. You know, remote work has been around for, for years. Yes. Um, obviously, it's now come under the microscope because people have been forced into that world. Yes. Um, but obviously, you were one of these few who, who had the crystal ball and set, and set the business up kind of pre-pandemic. Yeah. Um, so, so talk to us about, I guess, what the journey has been like. I think you, you set up well, late last year, November last year. And then, and then, kind of the world collapsed, and everybody kind of, you know, went, went remote. So, what, what's it been like for AU as a team, and, and I guess the industry as a whole, from from someone who's right at the, at the center of this, um, with this kind of shift? Everybody's kind of getting used to. I don't particularly like the phrase, but the new normal. But everybody's kind of getting used to this this remote way, and, and kind of learning that it's not necessarily a short term. And people are finding how to work better like this. And actually, there's tremendous advantages working like this. And so, so talk to us a little bit about kind of that journey that you've seen and your team's seen. And I guess you know, it's, it's, it's always good to celebrate um, some of the successes coming out of, out of such a crisis. But um, you know, I, think, I think this business and business like it are, are such successes because it's, it's really helped. Yeah, the, I want to take a little bit back here, a little bit, and go to the history of the whole, I think, craziness of not being remote first. So, you know, in England, they started this in London, in the uh, United Kingdom. Um, Albert Pike created the idea of 8-hour work. And then they had this 8-hour work. If you Wikipedia 8-hour work, people will see it. 8-hour work, 8-hour sleep, and 8-hour families and friends, right? And it's very embedded in many esoteric uh, groups in uh, England as well. Because of the industry age, like we were farmers and people were rejecting going to the offices, uh, no, sorry, go, go, rejecting going to the farm, uh, factories. So they created this, like, you need to be somewhere for eight hours to sort of complete a work, right? In a very weird way, we humanity decide uh, to work linearly, which we never had it. In. It's not in our DNA. Then we move to this, like, corporate America like skyscrapers, New York kind of service economy, that you still go there, like from a beautiful home, you commute one, one and a half hour, which is, as Elon Musk said, it's like soul-killing experience. And then you go to these buildings and you stay there for eight hours and you get paid for doing and being there, right? So I always look office as like this in a very weird way. When I was very young, 
my co-founder says, Shine, we need to have office. I said, why we need to have office? Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why people going to lose two hours, which is 12% of your time? It's like, and the only thing in life that we cannot buy is time. Anything else we can buy, right? And I always think, like, if, if in our society, when we want to punish someone, we send them to something called prison, which is a limited time stay. There's like people can stay in a prison for six hours or you can stay there for two years, right? So like, it's really, I always think offices are the prison of the mind. And it really, I believe, slows down the creativity because you have to spend also so much time on, let's say if you work in New York in an entertainment business, you need to dress up, you need to look good, right? You need to be very presentable. But in tech, we don't have any of this. In tech, because it's already software, it's already building software, tech were remote way earlier than all the industries. And think about all the huge companies in the Silicon Valley can do great with uh, being offices all over the world and sort of can work remotely. But all the other industries nearly never designed uh, to be like asynchronous that you have you have to go there and someone needs to see you that there is like you know people like there's a mistrust system that you still need to enter a place with your cart so you get like checked in and when you leave you have to check out right because it's not trust based and it's not maybe a good KPI because you have to be there to work there's a location element now it's totally gone. And I think people are not realizing it, but we are entering a new world of like a new kind of when we look back, we will say this is the remote evolution. Like we had industry age, we have the corporate age. Now we are entering a totally new era in time. And we we will head this in 10 years, but of because of it's very sad, many people died, it's heartbreaking, but we had COVID. So in COVID, a great to have, good to have, turn it into must to have. So a 20-year experiment or 10-year experiment of humanity, just we have to squeeze it in 10 weeks or 10 months, company forced to be remote. And then I think a lot of companies, I talk with huge companies and they tell me like, we realize it's not, with like people even working more, the performance is not changing. Like we actually doing more work that we never thought before. Of course, there's the human element, there's the icebreakers, like cooler talks that we don't have, but we're going to fulfill with other things. Like when you don't need to buy a $5,000 home in San Francisco, $5,000 apartment in San Francisco, one bedroom, you can go and live in wherever you want with a huge garden and have a very high quality of life versus need to stuck in in an apartment because Twitter building is one mile away from you. So that whole system is changing. We're going to be more happier and we're going to be fully remote. So every industry is catching up. And I believe the fintech, which is banking and financial system was very old technologies uh, that they have to pick up as well. Like we need to start to do remote KYC, like uh, identifying people from the voice, for the cameras. Like there is a lot of interesting things happening. and. For us, I was always remote. Like I really never go to office. I, I have offices, 
because the partners, the financial partners want us to have an office. So we have an office address. Like we, we sometimes send people there, but I never had an office. And yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, obviously, because you, you, have, you have remote in your DNA. Um, I th- and I think it's really it's a really good point, a really interesting point around. You know, this was forced upon us. This wasn't an, an evolution yes. over ten years. Yes, this yes. is something that happened. Kind of, and and you know, we us at Currency Cloud, we tested kind of the whole company remote yeah. one Thursday. The, the email went out said we're going to go remote. Let's test this yeah. for a day or two, and we just didn't didn't return <laughs> because like after that, you know, both both New York, London, Amsterdam that went into kind of um, lockdown. Um, and people just didn't go back. And then when people did start to like go back into the office, it was kind of like a scene, like gathering dust on the desk, uh, <laughs> but left as 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 it was that Thursday back in March. Um, I think what's interesting because I've been on a few kind of panels on this and, and discussed it internally with our team, and you know, we were set up for remote work, and and we were, you know, we had flexibility in in most of our teams to be able to work from home. And I think you know, the the engineers, the product teams, they, they like to they describe it as kind of that deep work time, where you don't get the war cuts to annoy you, and you can kind of get on with your work. Um, I think some people still really value the human aspect and collaboration of an office, um, and my, I don't think we'll, we'll we'll lose that. But I think yeah, you. You're 100 right in terms of what you gain back from your commute. In terms of you know we pay for family, so we, we get to spend a bit more time with our family, which you know can can be a good and bad thing, right? So, but you, you get to spend a lot more time with your family. Um, you know, you are more you you get to be more productive. You have two three hours a day more. I think what's what's interesting now is people going too far, and actually, and, and we've talked a lot about this around people are getting burnt out. They're not taking as many vacation days. Uh, that they're working late at night, yeah. Um, and that these kind of eight, eight, eight you talked about. Um, it might be they'll work four hours and then have a break and then work. But, but you know, I'm, I'm here in, in in the US. I'm still getting messages and emails from people in London at my time, kind of four or five in the afternoon, which means it's you know getting on to midnight, um, you know, ten, eleven o'clock their side. Um, I think that would be an interesting learning curve around you know, and how long that takes. I don't know, but you're right. Certain people who've worked in this remote world for the last few years, understand how to do it, understand how to structure their day, understand how to continue that kind of work-life balance. Um, and I don't know if, if, if you work with any of your clients on you know, what are the tips and tricks for making this normal and if you'd shared wisdom around that. It's, it's so simple, actually. It's just really, first of all, when you start to, first of all, there's our houses are not designed to remote work. Yeah. So many people had then uh, husband and wife working and they have one master room and there's one bedroom. I see people squash into like closet like and then try to work there, right? Our homes are not designed. But I, I believe that in five years, we will start to see homes like three bedrooms, two offices and a phone booth on the garage, right? Um, yeah, the gar- so the garden office, I was looking... Um, Garden office, yeah, yeah. Which you that, can that's start. a booming industry now. Yeah. yeah, it's a booming industry. Just a pop-up little office that you can go put down yeah. if you if you're lucky enough to you know garden. You can and then you can be barefoot and constantly getting energy from the ground and be smart. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and it's very simple. Like, and this is also there's one dangerous thing of remote work. When you start to work from home, and you are always at home, people work like crazy. Like yeah. there was a venture capitalist, uh, Joe, he's saying that I'm working 12, 13, 14 hours 
at home. Like, because you are always with your computer, you sort of like walk with computer. And now in the mindset, your home become your office. So there's no separation of home and office. So in the old days from office, you left your office clothes or office mindset at office and coming to home with, this is my home mindset right but now you are coming to you are always in the weird home office mindset so in a very weird way people start to work a lot so the best simple thing to do okay there is the human element we are missing there is a lot of elements we are missing that that's for sure we are still humans we will not communicate with digital avatars we like this is a little bit different than being human to human there is a spiritual element for it for sure that we don't even know yet, right? But I always look from the positive side, which is you have 25% boost in your time. Everyone should focus on that. Like you can work two hours, three hours more, more efficiently in a nicer clothes. So first of all, you are not wearing clothes that you don't want. You don't need to. uh, And there's something that people don't realize. When you have a one hour, uh, commute, you also need to like relax your body at least 30 minutes. Right? Think about this. You leave at home at 8 o'clock, which you have to probably rush. You didn't eat enough food. Then you arrive office at 9. Then uh, from one hour traffic, which your blood sugar is low, you didn't eat great breakfast. And then you have to release all the hormones that you had fight and fight and fight hormones on the traffic like crazy and then our brains cannot even relax until 10 o'clock and then you have tried to do 10 to 12 and then you get hungry because you didn't have a great breakfast then you go eat then you get sleepy right people really work four hours or five hours in the office inefficiently so i always look from the perspective that now we have so much time which is the biggest luxury in life period so when you start to think like that you can solve all the negative parts. That is really, 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 really easy. And uh, we sort of need to move to a nonlinear and asynchronous working, which will be like more voice communication, more like different tools. That's the best simple mindset. Like you have way more time in your life right now, at least two hours a day, two hours a day that you were dying to have, now you have that luxury, you can really fix everything. You can go and play golf or you can walk with people, love you extra two hours, right? Uh, See, I've, I've, tried, I've tried explaining that to my wife, that now I have an extra couple of hours that I should be allowed out to go play around golf. <laughs> um, I, have, I haven't quite won that argument now. No, it's now you have an extra two hours, you, you, can, you can do the, the tea time with the kids. So... <laughs> If, if maybe I set you up with a, with a call with her, that'd be great. Because I'll say, listen, you know, Shannon's an expert here and he suggests this is what I need. Um, so listen, I, w- I wanted to pivot quickly because obviously we've, we've, this is great talking about the new, the new way, but I wanted to really focus on, and, and you know, this is a, a payments innovation podcast and we're, my particular, I guess, area of, of interest at the moment is the whole world around a better the better finance, the better payments, and and what that's what that's doing. And I think, um, I think what's interesting around the world that you're in um, with with remote team is the world of kind of embedded finance. You wouldn't necessarily think that a kind of HR and payroll platform has has is is a contender. For those who don't understand or, or don't really know kind of the embedded finance world, 
but what we're finding is, and I think you touched on it earlier, and I, I wanted to kind of probe on, I guess, your experience of, A, let, let's go over two minutes, exactly what you guys do, and, and, and then some of the problems you're looking to solve, and then why this world of kind of embedded finance and better payments is so interesting for, for, for your team um, and that, that industry. So this is very funny. This, let me tell you something very interesting. I, we never look internally. We never look at remote team as an HR platform. We always look at it as a money transferring fintech platform. And I pitch it like that to investors. And I, then I start to see my competitors are catching up and putting in their slide deck because I already pitched their investors as well. It's so funny. Um, and can, I, can I ask, so that's, I think that's a really interesting point and we're starting to see it more, more and more, not just in this segment, but in, uh, in other segments. Can I ask why? So why do you pitch it it's like It's very that? simple. Think about this. Okay. I think nobody nailed down this and I will I was going so crazy in my mind and I because I lived in a different country why banking is not why banking experience in United States is the way it is right now it's it's like shocking how bad it is okay it's shocking I was really thinking why like why it is like in England, it's unbelievable. In Spain, it's unbelievable. In Turkey, like it's like a, it's unbelievable. Like if it bank, you can do more than the twenty five startups, which all unicorn in U- US can do in what you can do in banking, and in a way more secure way than here, by the way. And then I was really, and then one of my super smart friends from New York told me that in US, banks don't need to compete with the technology. Because the biggest financial product in the United States is mortgage. So it's all about, and he told me that when you are from top Ivy College, you go to, you become a good lawyer, you go to a tech company, or you go to a big firm or New York fund or like hedge fund or something. Like you don't go to banking. So the banking never need to do the innovation. So the banks are not technology company in US. They are a bank buy technology from someone else for probably in a very inefficient way. And the people who are building anything related bank are not product people, okay? So when you come back, I I 100% believe like most of the executives in big banks never use their websites. I'm 100% sure. And I have, this is not a joke, I'm going to release it one day, more than 500 screenshots of problems I had with the bankings, like the server errors. The amounts are different, right? Because they they never thought uh, this, like, finance should be a technology because they are really bad branches with uh, selling mortgage. It's their business. So they make the big money because of mortgage. Like, And then you see banks promoting a checking bank balance that you can see online. Are you like joking with me? Like I had that 20 years ago, 15 years ago, right? And uh, when I talk with people in MasterCard Visa, and when I tell like I live in Istanbul, they say, oh my God, like anything we had, we constantly tell our vendors, go check Turkey. Because in Turkey, banks are technology companies doing finance Okay, and we are like that. The reason is you are moving money from one location to another location. You are moving funds, and like 
it's crazy to me that we had payday loans, like Gusto just launched it recently. Like they didn't have that, right? Like, or like we don't have systems, like still banks using their Swift wire network. Like I saw, I recently saw a bank in Texas. Oh my God, this is a great bank. It's a global bank. And I have another account in another country that I might send dollars, right? I go to bank, they give me an exchange rate of 4%. And in Turkey, you can receive dollars, by the way, by your bank. Like I can do a Swift, but they are their own bank. They have the same name in Turkey and same name in here. You cannot even do a wire transfer dollar to dollar. And they charge 4% on the currency rate because they don't even use mid market, right? So I'm surprised they, I was surprised they gave you an electronic version and didn't ask you to write a check, to be fair. So, it's not, you know, yeah. It's, so, yeah. The reason is they don't have the mindset. So what we see in Silicon Valley now, putting their hands on the fintech, on the financial networks, finance industry, because, okay, software is done, mobile phone is done. Now, okay, what's the next big thing that Silicon Valley can disrupt? And it's the financial technologies. And it's coming so fast in everything from banking, payments, mortgages, loans, it's going to crush the industry. Like you're going to see companies like better.com doing the best, nicest mortgage experience you can ever get. You see amazing payment companies like Currency Cloud that, oh my God, just like going to crush the payment industry. And the banks will look at it. Okay, we cannot innovate. These guys are doing better than this, us, cheaper than us. And then we also start to see API-driven products like your guys, Currency Cloud. So it's more become an embed. And then we start to see, okay, if there's a possibility to embed something, and I think Stripe started this in US, that you can embed a credit card processing, like with five lines of code, it opened up so many possibilities, right? Then we have the, now we have the Currency Cloud as an API, as a great partnership, and they are doing money transferring in the best possible way you can have, then it just opens up more possibilities for people. And then people will say, like we are seeing right now, QuickBooks, uh, just open a bank account in QuickBooks. Uh, Wave apps, doing accounting. Now you can get a bank account from that. And now we start to see companies like different banks using transfer services, right? Because they realize that we are not tech company and tech companies look at it in the way that I need to partner because I cannot do everything. And I, if I need it, okay, I'm going to embed it in my product, put it in my product experience and partner with someone who is doing this great, which is not part of the financial industry DNA because financial industry is all about me, 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 no partnership. We have to protect, we have to protect. Right, but tech industry, let's go and like go like a virus. We don't care, like just let's disrupt it. Yeah, all of these combined, we see crazy innovation uh, from technology companies in the financial markets in a, in a nutshell. And, and and listen, obviously, I agree. And thank you for the kind words about Currency Cloud. And I think the way we view, I guess, in the, the embedded aspect of this, and, and we feel we, you know, we offer an embedded service and have done, I guess, since inception. I think what's really interesting is in the comments there around you know, where that embedding is happening now. And I guess over the last 20 years, you've kind of seen this unbundling of financial services. It all used to be held in the banks. And then you had specialists kind of offering these services throughout kind of like 20, 2005, 2010, 2015. 
now you're seeing these kind of buying, being rebundled, but offered where some of those transactions are actually taking place, which is in the software companies, which is, and for you guys, for you, you know, one of your pain points was, and correct me if I'm wrong, was we, we don't want to outsource this process because I want to be able to press a button within my internal system to automate this. You're not payments experts, but you want to be able to give a payment service, which ultimately is for your clients, right? Um, and, and, you know, and, and it's, it's an overused analogy, but it's, I guess, the Uberization or, or Airbnb. You know, that, that payment happens within the application. They're not financial services companies, yet they're, they're kind of leading the, the, the charge on what it should look like. Exactly. Um, so perhaps let's, let's focus on, on you guys specifically and kind of the project that you're doing in terms of you know, automating that process and, and why you guys feel it's so important to do and why you feel it's so important to do now as well. Yeah. Because when we started this, what I believe, the payments needs to be real time. That's the goal. Like that's the, that's the goal of humanity. I think we need to make currencies like nearly real time as possible. In US, uh, Federal Reserve Bank released that they're going to do real time business to business payments in like few years, I, like three years, I think. Uh, and the SWIFT network we use and electronic fund transfer network we use is, is it's, it's really all, also the ACH system we use is really coming from 100-year-old technology of checks, right? It's really a check routing an account number. <laughs> you give it to someone, they check like there's a signature and they look at the line. Yeah, yeah, and, and then you put a scanner and then what like... <laughs> I tried this actually. You tried to give a check two times and it worked. I tell guys you made a mistake. <laughs> like it's just it's unbelievable, right? And and but I believe we never had a connected world like this. So when I my my vision is if you have a contractor, if you have a company that you are working, so what is typical startup looks like? You have a contractors, you have PEO, you have local entity, and you have outsourced companies that you work for. And remoteteam.com is the only company out there you can have all of these in the same time. You can have your own company that's running your own payroll. You can still put it in our system as an entity. You can have a contractor, but that contractor is getting, let's say, in Germany, working a little bit 30 hours. Ah, okay, now you want to move it to an employee, right? Okay, if you want to have an employee, you have to have a business-to-business payment, right? And then most of the services we used or we are using, let's say, like send money in three, four days. Like, are you guys putting the money in FedEx plane and send the money? Like, what the hell? Like, right? So, because every, there is an interest group that it needs to go from that bank road route to Germany first, and then it needs to go to Holland or Switzerland. Who knows, right? This is how they make the arrangement. So, we always believe that, like, if we are paying someone internationally, and the in the US, when you do a payroll, you know that you're gonna get your money on Friday. You know it. It's a bi-weekly payroll for most companies, you are getting your money Friday. This doesn't exist in the remote world. Because like you do a wire transfer, first of all, this is ACH, and then you get ACH, there's a problem or two days delay, and then you fund it through Duala to any kind of partners, and it takes five days, right? Currency Cloud is maybe the only one out there, and we look into maybe 2025 of them that like can really offer you a great uh, time-wise solution plus faster than most of the companies with a tracking feature that you know where is your money is, right? We, we have 
we have this all the time. We send so much funds to people and then the money's got lost, but we don't know. We ask the payment partner, where is the money? They don't even know, right? In this world, in the transition period of companies like Currency Cloud will like innovate to become more like faster local payments and switch the money without going to the whole international network. So there is companies that we send money in nine days. Like I said, guys, are you carrying the money in a FedEx plane? Like how it can go nine days, right? And, then and, it, and in, in your industry, I mean, and whether it's payroll employees or contractors, these people are people who provided a service to a company and are expecting to get paid. And, exactly. and and that expectation, as you said, yeah, in, in the US, you get it bi-weekly. In, in the UK, it's got a monthly payroll, but you know at the end of the month or, or every you know, two weeks, your money will be in your account. So in this new world, I think it's, it's, a, it's a really good point. You know, why, why should you in today's, you know, in, in, in this era, have to wait nine days for a payment? And that's if it all goes well. Obviously, there's, then there's issues of like, you know, if the payment gets lost somewhere, then there's, and this is money that you've earned. You should be able to rely on your provider yeah. to have money in your account. Right? So, so the, the funny thing is, it's unbelievable that uh, when you look at international wires and if you're going to do a payment to a person, even a company, like it's not a payment. These guys is paying his mortgage, his rent, his paying for his hospital bills, he's paying for his credit card, his water, his food, yeah. right? It's not like... His livelihood. So, it's his yeah. livelihood. It's their life, right? And then, then you talk with a, a... God bless we have currency cloud. You talk with a partner, like, how, like what is the delivery time? Two to five days. Yeah, are you hiring a Wells Fargo... A carriage and carrying the money from continents or FedEx. I was joke like this, right? And it, it's just unbelievable to me. But I think it's very interesting to me that because I think a modern country like Britain is uh, like innovating in the fintech, and US is sort of getting it. A lot of great ideas, uh, and we see amazing companies. Uh, from United Kingdom that doing a lot of fintech and it's sort of the center of the world that even you the HSBC civil transfer all the money goes to England first and then goes to other places so uh, and I believe like we really look ourselves as a like a transfer service like a money transfer service because that is like and the problem is because we are doing this people think that we are wiring the money like it's it's sort of our network. So when it's late, I was gonna say it's yeah, our it, fault. Okay, it's that, not like uh, because like we were sending money again like a few days ago to some Brazil, and it delayed. Like we don't know where's the money. Bank was holding the money. We couldn't track the money. And the guy like I personally wire transferring money from my bank account. Like man, this is your rent. Take it. And um, we still cannot find the money. It's, it's just unbelievable. And like that needs to be fixed. Like it should be very obvious in how much companies are signing, in how many days is arriving. And it should not be something like two to nine days. It should be like three days. Because uh, yeah, that, I, think there's, I, think there's, I think there's two points there. I think there's the, and, and I, I view this as kind of the UPS of payments. It's that payment and, tracker. I think, you know, I think the world will, will move. It, you know, where it can, 
to kind of an instant payment or near instant payment. It was certainly within an hour or two rather than, you know, we're talking hours and minutes rather than days or weeks. So that, but that UPS payment gives complete transparency. And in payments, you know, that we've worked to give transparency over you know, the cost and, and the cost of the FX, but why not the cost of the delivery? So I think that's really interesting. I think the one thing I, I do want to pick on, um, and I would be doing my job if I if I didn't, was you know, on the embedded side, you mentioned something really interesting that because you are the ones effectively providing the service, but you're not you're not a payments institute and you're not the ones actually pressing the button, you're not a bank. I think the whole world of embedded is so interesting because what it allows you to do is control that. You will still have vendors that you use, but you are the point of reference from your customers. You are accountable to your customers to deliver a service. And by bringing stuff in-house, you have that much more control over the whole process. And I think that, for me, is, is, is what this is all about, is giving, that, is giving customers the control for where that transaction is happening. As a consumer, I don't want to have to be you know, passed around to different people because, oh, it wasn't me who did it. It was you know, the scheme who sent your funds or it was this bank over here. No, 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 no. I entered my payment instructions or I gave you the instruction. So I think that gives customers or businesses the opportunity to own that kind of end-to-end consumer, uh, customer experience, which I think is really powerful. And the customers don't want to go like, the old days of the payroll in US, like you calculate it and you have to go and write it as check, right? It's like you have to use or you have to go manually transfer it, right? And God bless, we made that automatically. And in international payments, we are coming to that. Like it's just because of enablers like Currency Cloud were able to do that. Uh, it's like it needs to be like this. And uh, there's two big problems. Then you have long delivery dates. First of all, the companies need to wire the money in our payment rails uh, in our network, or we have to do ACH three, four days before. So let's say uh, you are using a service that you send money in five days, right? Okay, there's also three there are days of funding that. So you, the company has to do that eight days before, but they might maybe use this money, right? It's like, and then the the whole experience is horrible and you have to go to a different outside external, like what people do, they go to banks, they go to other places, PayPal, let's say, to do and spend way more time where a product person like the founder of the company or the HR operation can really focus their time on helping people to make them more happy or the CEO can focus his time to do more sales or to, to do more product, right? But like we calculate this, like we, we witness this, like when we have an automated system like remoteteam.com and if we have more than 25 people, like you save like two, three hours a month with us. Like very, very, very easily. And then the, the other thing is, it's not sometimes always payroll. There's the time tracking aspect with it. There's different hourly people with it, right? And let's say you have a 50 people company. Some people like to use different time tracker tools. In our platform, we are the only ones supporting 12 different time tracking tools that with like one click, you can integrate with our system. And then so many people are thanking us because we don't need to calculate this anymore. Right, it's totally automatic. And then with one click, you can wire the money. They can track where the money is with Currency Cloud uh, and they can see it and we manage the whole experience. So they don't need to go to other side. And then company, I really like API-driven companies that enables embedding things, services, because 
then you guys are only focusing on what you guys are building perfectly. And then we are focusing on our experiences. And then you become the platform that it will enable so many other services because someone will pay there. Like that will be a, maybe a company help international families to pay their kids student loans in us right there will be so many payment things that we're gonna see because the world is getting more connected and in this remote world in the new normal like people realize okay if i'm hiring someone remotely okay why i let's say i'm a delaware company i can hire someone from florida but i can hire someone from mexico i can hire someone from germany because we are all remote anyway. We have no locations anymore. Everyone is in the same distance. Then we're going to see a huge boost, like a crazy boost on the money transferring business because people will start to hire people from other countries. Yeah, yeah. This, this is fascinating. And we can talk about this all day. We're, we're almost out of time. Um, we, we've talked <laughs> about not normally. <laughs> no, this is great so we, listen we talked about I guess the shift the new normal um, we've talked about I guess the benefits of remote work, working and, and you know, some of your experiences and, and finally we came onto the topic of, of kind of embedded finance and, and why that's so important and why we feel that's so important I want to end it and give you the chance to just quickly talk about you know what what next for you guys what next for remoteteam.com what, what, what is 20 what is the rest of that I mean you know we're fast approaching I guess mid Q4, but um, what what does the rest of this year and, and 2021 hold for for you guys? So we we have four pillars. We call it. To, we are calling ourselves remote operations system for remote first companies. So we nail down this like mix of local entity PEO contractor payments and you are paying outsourced companies. And we nail this down now. Uh, we the second part is we have a lot of HR tools because now. When people are remote, uh, work in different places, then the holidays, the time offs, religious holidays is so different than like you are a US company, but will you going to give an official holiday in someone in uh, London, right? What is Labor Day? Or I had a very funny, I saw it one day in remote team. We have a person in England there, the three day of beer day. There's a very funny, like I like the name a lot. I don't remember, but not a Labor Day, but something like that, three days. Uh, but our system doesn't, like, we don't know it yet when the companies yeah. are. So we have a lot of HR tools that we are working. And then the third piece, now we are so excited that we are launched as beta, is, okay, you do the payments, you have your HR apps, So, but you are a remote company. So you have so many external tools that you are using, like Dropbox, Notion, Google, G, G Suite, like uh, all the tools you need. Now we integrated 59 tools, like a single sign-on. Even the company doesn't have a single sign-on. Focusing on mostly remote work tools, like a voice a noise cancellation, right? With one click, you can make all of the company use that tool, or you can select, okay, my sales guys will automatically go to air call and dial pad. And now we are helping companies to find, discover new tools, and with one single click, you can add remove someone to that app. Right. Okay. Which is like you, some people manually need to do it. IT department does it, or most of the time founders does it. Oh, I add you on Google. Did you get the mail? Ah, no. Let me add you again. Let me re-invite you. We totally fixed that. And the fourth is super excited, but I don't. 
because we have very competitive environment that I see everything that's copied. So I have to like we the have. Four, all, let's call it the fourth magical pillar. You can you can tell us when you when you've launched yeah. it and it's successful. Yeah, it's in the um, new area. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> awesome. Well, listen, I've really enjoyed the chat. Thank you for your time. You know, great great to have you on. And I wish obviously you all the best for the rest of this year and next year. And I, I want to know what this fourth magical pillar is. So. We, we, we can catch up on that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll definitely know that you guys will not. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a great, great to speak to you. Great. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at CurrencyCloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.